You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 26. We have another solid show planned for you this week. The big story of this week hit the wire early this morning as Amazon announced its takeover bid for Whole Foods, and we will comment on that and its impact on the market. In our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we will take a listener question about the much maligned Home Capital Group, symbol HCG on the TSX, which has recovered somewhat over the past month after trying to reassure, reassure investors and the market of its continued solvency. We ask and, and comment on whether or not the stock is a buy or a sell or a hold at present. The star of the week is also one of the top stories of the week, and that will be Whole Foods Inc. H, or sorry, WFM on the NASDAQ, which jumped almost 30% just Friday after Amazon uh, said it was going to buy the company for $42 a share in an all-cash transaction valued at $13.7 billion. Our dog of the week is Sears Canada Inc., SCC on the TSX, which lost 36.4% on the week after reporting on Tuesday that its first quarter revenues were down 15%. Now, if this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Keystocks, and on Facebook. Or listen to us on our 24-hour Penny Stocks streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. Now let's dig into the show. I would again like to welcome my co-host, Keystone's senior equity analyst, a father of one, and a man who has been so unimpressed with the quality of contestants on JLo's newly launched World of Dance show on NBC that he has assembled a Keystone dance squad on our lunch breaks, and we are now auditioning for the upcoming season. Mr. Aaron Dunn. Hello, Ryan. How are you today? Well, I, I think I twisted an ankle from our uh, dance session today, but I am feeling good. And uh, there was a big story this week. Yeah, there is. So we, like you said before, we're going to depart from tradition and, we're, and our star of the week is, is also the big story. So why don't we just launch right into it? From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Yes, it's Whole Foods Market, Inc. The symbol is WFM on the NASDAQ, um, or uh, it's also known as Whole Paycheck. I think Aaron's wife refers to it as that many times. I think everybody uh, calls it that. It's, it's true. Uh, it was big wife. news of the week. Yes, yes. Big news of the week. Early Friday, Amazon announced that it will be acquiring Whole Foods, like I said, for $42 a share. That's an all-cash transaction. The deal implies a $13.4 billion market cap uh, for this natural and organic grocer. Uh, Whole Foods will continue to operate on the Whole Foods brand, and John McKay will continue the chief executive of Whole Foods. He will continue in that role with his headquarters remaining in Austin, Texas. Sorry. Both, both companies, it's a friendly transaction. They expect it to close in the second half of 2017. Now, often you'll see an acquired company's stock soar on the merger due to the premium, and we saw that here, a nearly 20% rise. 
but the acquirer stock will often near-term slump due to the uncertainty about the merger and the cost, et cetera, associated with it. Well, not in this case. The market loves this move for Amazon as the stock is trading up smartly today, about $28 or 2.4%. Well, part of that may be a recovery from the release, recent tech slump, but really this deal, uh, we still saw tech elsewhere uh, close down. So this deal stopped that uh, losing streak and we saw Amazon's stock move up after being down in about five sessions in a row. While some observers see Amazon's plan to acquire Whole Foods as an offensive move into grocery, others suggest it's defensive. Uh, in an area where Walmart dominates, uh, this, is, this is Amazon's foray into that bricks and mortar part of, of the market. Of course, Walmart has a strong retail bricks and mortar present, but the company has acquired recently in August 2016 a company called Jet.com. Uh, an online e-commerce retailer for more than $3 billion is making a big push into e-commerce. So this could very well be Amazon retaliating and getting into the more physical retail or the bricks-and-mortar retail. Of course, though, I would argue the best defense is often a good offense, and the move here by Amazon seems to make sense not just from a defensive point of view. No one can deny that Whole Foods has a great niche and that their products and stores remain attractive. Uh, Whole Foods itself, though, their stock has not performed very well over the past five years. We just did a quick look at that. In fact, even with the premium takeout bid on Friday by Amazon, the stock is still down 10% over a five-year time frame. So it's not surprised that there's been some activist shareholders who've been calling for change at the company for some time now to realize the value that is there. Amazon definitely has the capital to scale Whole Foods, which has about uh, 400 to 450 locations at, at, at present right now. There have been plans to get that up to 1,200. If Amazon wants to do that, they certainly have the capital. They'll likely plug uh, Whole Foods into the Amazon Prime and Amazon Go, or Go Market Network. Uh, this, the, essentially, the huge jump in Whole Foods this week makes it our star of the week. Yeah, you know, what I'm really interested in seeing is how Amazon is going to integrate Whole Foods into their, their Amazon Go stores. So for anybody who's not familiar with that, they've, they've, they have one, I believe, just one pilot store running in Seattle right now. Maybe they have more, but essentially it's, it's, it's a store without cashiers. So there's cameras everywhere. You essentially walk in, you pick up what you want, you walk out, and you're just you're automatically charged. So this is a way that Amazon is looking at disrupting the, the brick and mortar uh, grocery store market. So clearly, it seems to me that that the strategy with Whole Foods would be to to expand that 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 idea. Yeah, you would think that uh, Amazon or Whole Foods would plug into Amazon Go at some now, uh, at some point, and that would be the future of how we shop and retail. It's definitely an interesting time. Um, they're calling it a disruption, definitely. Um, it disrupted the market today. Uh, as you saw, as we saw, food retailers were immediately hit hard. Uh, companies like Kroger were down 9% following the news of the acquisition of Whole Foods uh, by Amazon. Uh, shares of Super Value were down 14.3%. Uh, and even Costco, a company which has masterfully avoided most of the carnage in retail foods and actually performed quite well, over the period where we've seen a tremendous drop in the values of these companies. 
it lost 7% today to close down $12 to 167.34, uh, which is what it closed at on, uh, today on Friday. Now, there's a number of analysts looking at the move by Amazon as a strike against Walmart, and we talked about that. But I believe uh, if you look at it, it'll impact companies like Target, maybe, and even more Costco than, than say, a company like Walmart. The Whole Foods would consider, be considered upscale in its market, and the impact will likely be felt by Target and Costco more than companies like Walmart, which is a little bit downscale in terms of that retail market. Amazon's more affluent customer base there, or sorry, Wal- or now Amazon's with Whole Foods, their more affluent customer, ba- customer base will overlap with Target and potentially Costco more than uh, more than a company like Walmart, in my opinion. So I think the immediate impact will be felt by a company like Target, and that may press Target into making an acquisition of its own, or potentially just, we, you may see Target deteriorate over time. Well, who who really want who wants to compete with Amazon because they they've <laughs> essentially made a business out of disrupting brick and mortar. So it makes sense now that they're entering into a, a new market where they essentially are becoming brick and mortar, people are, are, are going to be afraid of that. And, you know, another thing that's interesting to consider as well is that, you know, a lot of these these ideas are really trendy. I don't know if they're necessarily profitable um, outfitting a store with all of these sensors and, and, and essentially not using any human cashiers anymore. Um, certainly there's going to be some cost savings there, but, but, but it's trendy. It's, it's, you know, people that go to Whole Foods, like you said, they tend to be more little more more affluent and they might be attracted to a trendy trendy new idea where you just walk in you don't have to stand in line and 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 go through a cashier you just walk in you put some items in your bag and you walk out so it's 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 certainly it's it's certainly interesting probably more early adopters uh, you know going into that type store so they may be more receptive to that type of store format being introduced than to say the average Walmart customer. I mean, I mean that may be generalizing generalizing it uh, a great deal, but um, they may the the thinking may be along those lines to start at the up end of the market and move right down through the middle and right down. I, I, so I mean, it looks like a probably a good acquisition. They certainly have the capital to see it through. So. Well, yeah, and just on the note of capital, and one of the reasons why you don't want to compete with a company like Amazon is if it ever comes down to capital, that business is trading at, at I think, around 185 times, 150 to 180 times earnings. That is a huge valuation. So they're not uh, they're not a company that, that sells a lot of shares, raises a lot of money, but if they ever had to do that for an expansion, then they certainly, they certainly could command a, an impressive valuation. Yeah, for sure. Now we're going to move on to our Your Stock, Our Take. And uh, we've got Joan in Nanaimo who wanted to know about Home Capital Group, HCG, on the TSX. Aaron, uh, I'm going to let you take away our Your Stock, Our Take on Home Capital this week. Sure. So so Joan said that uh, she noticed that the stock, Home Capital Group, has recovered partially from its lows um, earlier in the year. And she's wondering if if we think that this recovery is going to continue. So for those that aren't familiar with the background of Home Capital, it was a it was a weekly dog on the podcast about a month ago. And for many years, this company was a very steady performer with consistent earnings and dividend growth for well over a decade. But this ended when the share price peaked in 2014 after some very serious allegations about improper reporting came to the surface about the company. 
what the, what happened? They got in trouble with regulators. This led to depositors withdrawing money from home capital, which is essentially the lifeblood of a bank or mortgage company or, or the deposits. And this forced the the, cap, the company home capital to do a very expensive financing just in order to survive. So it's been a classic story of a value trap for anybody who's bought this company over the last 18 months. Closed at $14.25 today. So that's almost tripling from its low of just over $5 in early May. It had dropped down at just over $5, but the stock is still down 55% year to date. And it's down almost 75% from the peak that it hit in 2014. And so what has happened recently? Well, there's a couple of good pieces of news for the company. One is a potential settlement with regulators, and the other is is actually it's not news, it's more rather speculation that the company is close to setting up a, a significantly less expensive financing in order to fund itself long term. So will the company recover from here? Will this will this recovery continue? Was the question. And I would it's really impossible to say, but I think at the very best right now, home capital is just a speculation. It's not something that we we would invest in. And in the banking industry, public perception really does become reality. People, they aren't going to want to deposit their money with an institution that they don't trust. And without those deposits, it's difficult to see how the company can can fund their business, continue to fund their business economically. So I just think there are just too many unknowns, too much risk in this name right now. And I would stay away from it. Okay, Aaron, you, you talked about the company as a classic story of a value trap for investors. Can you kind of explain to our listeners what this means? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Uh, so a value trap is a situation where a company looks like it offers a lot of value on a price-to-earnings or a price-to-book value basis, but in reality, it's actually a broken business, and, and there's a very high risk of investors losing substantially more capital in the future. So one thing that investors will look at are are earnings and cash flow that a company's reported over the previous year, and they'll value the stock on that basis. And historical performance is definitely a good place to start with analysis, but that's not where you end. It's only meaningful if you have good reason to believe that the earnings levels and the growth rates are going to be sustainable into the future. But if there's a a strong likelihood that earnings levels are going to decline in the future, then that historical data really becomes meaningless. And just for example, in the case of Home Capital, I believe they reported about $3.70 in earnings per share over the previous 12 months, which is a price-to-earnings ratio of less than four times. And this would be this would be a very attractive multiple if this were a healthy, growing business, but but it isn't right now, and you really can't put any faith in that in that earnings number. Yep, that's a great take on the on the company, and I think. Uh... You know, I think there is definitely a, a slant to look at it as a value trap right now. And we're just, we're not, we're staying on the sidelines there. We're not invested in the company at this point. So the, we're going to move to our dog. From our stars and dogs segment, it's time for this week's dog. Our dog this week is a venerable old name in Canadian retail. It's Sears Canada Inc. SCC on the TSX. Now the stock lost 36.4% on the week after it reported on Tuesday that its first quarter sales were down 90 million or 15% uh, to 505 million. More importantly though, the company stated that there is now, and I quote, significant doubt as to the company's ability to continue as a going concern. Sears is now looking at strategic alternatives, including future asset sales or a sale of the business itself. 
That is not a confidence-inspiring statement. This is not really a surprise to Keystone. We actually selected Sears Holdings Corporation on the NASDAQ in the U.S. as a dog this past fall. For its part, that stock, which was down significantly at the time, has already been cut in half once again since the fall. So Sears Canada now, for its part, is in a bad place. The company has posted reoccurring operating losses and negative cash flows from operating activities in the last five fiscal years, with net losses beginning in 2014. The retailer's net loss more than doubled year over year in the first quarter, and it abruptly pulled the plug on its annual meeting, which was scheduled for Wednesday this week, postponing it to an undetermined future date. Again, not the confidence-inspiring moves that you'd like to see. Now, Generally, department stores, many of which have not recovered from the inclusion of big box specialty stores into their, the incursion, sorry, of big box specialty stores into their core categories since the mid-90s, have particularly been hard hit by online retail, even as they try to grow their own e-commerce operations. We think that the company Sears Canada is in a bit of a death spiral. It has gotten so bad that people are now likely to think twice about purchasing items under Sears brand names such as Kenmore as they will have potentially warranty concerns. This will likely lead to further sales declines in a very tough retail market. So what is next for Sears Canada now? Well, retailers in deep distress or financial distress can seek protection from creditors under the company's Creditors Arrangement Act or the CCAA while they restructure. Sometimes after this, the result is a complete closure, uh, as is the case with Target, which we saw it liquidated its inventory and shut down 133 stores less than two years after expanding into Canada. In other cases, it can leave the company leaner and more competitive, albeit with a smaller number of stores. Now, Sears has been down this road already, not the actually seeking creditor protection, but trying to right-size itself over time. It hasn't seemed to help. So... As for investors that hold the shares or shares in Sears at present or are looking to hold shares, the news does not look good. Despite the losses in the share price and its old venerable name, uh, we would not touch the stock. Uh, it's in a very tough market. It hasn't adapted well, and we continue to see it as, as a dog going forward. Yeah, there's not, there's really not much good that you can say about a company like that. Now, like you said, the retail environment is extremely tough and, and you really need to bring something special and unique to the table, I think, nowadays to be a successful brick and mortar retail company, uh, whether it's low cost or just uh, niche products or, or quality or whatever it is. And Sears has always just been that, that middle of the road store. So I really don't know anybody who, who likes Sears or, or talks about it favorably except for my mother-in-law who is is almost 80 so yeah i mean it, it's she's, trying, she's sorry to hear department it. store Sicko. i'm sure department store trying to be all things to all people it, it just not working in this retail environment and uh, uh we'd stay away from sears as an investment at present so again aaron i'd like to thank you for co-hosting with me this week uh again you can follow us on twitter at keystocks or on Facebook, uh, and the show notes for this podcast are found at www.keystocks.com. Keep your questions coming in for our Your Stock, Our Take segment. 
Uh, we, we're getting tons of questions. We always need more, so keep those coming in, and we'll endeavor to answer those each week. Uh, if we get too many, we'll start answering a couple each week. Thank you again, and profitable investing. Thank you, Ryan. Profitable investing.